On this episode of Trading Camp, Alejandro shares stories from his most recent race, the Keys 50 Miler. We then discuss developing discipline and confidence and share how we manage through times of struggling in our trading. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Scooter, the next generation of trading tools that will replace everything you know about trading. Built by engineers for the retail trader, Rocket Scooter's revolutionary algorithm is the first of its kind. It uncovers institutional positions and reveals market maker risk and hedging in real time using their AI scanner and algorithmic charting. Rocket Scooter has invented 15 unique indicators that predict high volume before it happens, allowing you to visualize price levels where big money is most interested. There's nothing like it. To see how Rocket Scooter is changing the game for retail traders, check out their three-month pro trial. Right now, they are offering three months of Rocket Scooter Pro for only $35 a month, knocked down from the original price of $179 a month. Take advantage of this monster deal by heading over to the link in the show notes and get started using Rocket Scooter today. Trading Camp has partnered with Elite Trader Funding, a proprietary trading firm focused on giving traders the opportunity to profit from the markets without risking their own capital. ETF offers a range of evaluations which tests your abilities as a trader. When you pass, you'll be able to choose from funded accounts ranging from $10,000 to $300,000. The only risk is a monthly flat fee. The ETF community provides an excellent learning environment and networking opportunities for those serious about taking their game to the next level. We are excited to offer our listeners 30% off of any trading evaluation on ETF's site except for Fast Track. Use the link in the show notes to start your journey as a funded trader today. This episode is brought to you by Kane Capital, a trading community over 25,000 strong featuring live trading alerts and educational content. Link in the notes to join for free today. It's so hard for me to sit back here in this studio looking at a guy out here hollering my name when last year I spent more money on spilled liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheel of dealing, limousine right, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding it all day long. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to TCP Trading Camp Pod, episode 76, about to get underway. Glad you guys are back joining us for another episode. We're doing things a little bit differently this week. We've got another quote-unquote marathon episode. So for those who have been listening to the podcast for uh, quite a while, you guys know that anytime I do a race, I like to jump on the podcast, talk about it, share my experience, share some of the things that I've learned. And once I'm done doing that, Noah is going to give you guys a life update as well. I think it's just important to kind of fill you guys in on everything that we got going on. I know that for the most part, what's that face? What's that face? For the most part, <laughs> no face, no face, no face. we're doing interviews. So you guys don't get to hear too much about what we got going on. So it's, it's, I think we're due for an update. Diamond Trades, Noah, what's going on? What is up, guys? Maripod number two or number three? Number three. Maripod number three. We had NYC, I think, and 50 miler. Now we have Keys 50 miler. Got it. You know, these, these, um, these episodes are super, super important because um, as you interview people, what you guys will find is 
after a certain amount of time, you run out of questions to ask people. And so having these buffer <laughs> episodes really allows us to sort of just reset and do our jobs better when it comes time to interview a real trader. So these are always great episodes and always really important for us just to recharge the batteries and to get going. So yeah, I'm excited for Maripod number three. I think it's going to be a ripper like the last two. Uh, let's get after it. Funny story before we dive into this. Uh, so we had been saying Maripod, Maripod. We're going to do a Maripod. And uh, Ryan, our producer, uh, was thinking this whole time that Mara was the name of a trader. So we get on, he's like, when's Mara coming? But, you know, by then he had figured it out that that's just short for marathon. Classic. Ryan's saying he thought he was an ICT guy. <laughs> no, Mara is not an ICT guy. All right, Marathon Podcast. Let's dive right into it, Diamond. I guess how we've done this in the past is you kind of take it away, ask me whatever questions, and then we'll flip it for a second half of the episode. Yeah, for sure. So just um, why don't you just give people some background on, you know, maybe if they haven't listened to Marathon um, Pod 1 or Marathon Pod 2. Uh, you know, what, why we, why we do these pods in the first place, why you do marathons in the first place. I mean, running 50 miles just for the fuck of it. It's kind of nuts. Something, um, I would never do personally, but, um, Alejandro enjoys them and he, he does them actually quite frequently. And so I think, I think, uh, why don't you start off with some background there and maybe some of the ones you've done in the past, and then we can dive into the specific one and what made it so special. Sure. So I've been running for about two years now, and uh, the first race I ever did was a New York City Marathon back in 2021. Um, I just had a really good experience training for that race, uh, just seeing what comes from being super disciplined, pushing yourself physically and mentally, and just kind of fell in love with the whole process. And, uh, you know, running is one of those things where a lot of people, uh, you know, say that they hate running, and I was, I was definitely one of those people. And you know, even with all the running I do nowadays, I, I still don't really love running. I just love what I get out of it. But that was my first experience doing uh, that New York City Marathon back in 2020, and then from there, I just started doing uh, some more races. I did a half Ironman uh, in Puerto Rico, and then I went and did a 50 miler. Uh, we did a podcast episode for that one, and that was my first ultra marathon experience. And then after that, I did New York City Marathon again, which was a gnarly one. That was the one where I collapsed like 100 yards from the finish line, and both Ryan and Noah were there uh, to witness the whole thing. We also did an episode on that one for anybody that wants to check out that story. But fast forward to uh, a week and a half ago now, I did... Uh, another 50 miler down in the Florida Keys. But, you know, before we, we get into that story, um, yeah, I've just found that through doing all of these endurance events, uh, I've been able to learn a lot about myself. And it's really just about uh, pushing myself physically and mentally. And I have found a lot of purpose in doing it. And I've also just found a lot of joy um, and, and what can come out of working so hard towards, uh, you know, any or a specific goal. Uh, and that's exactly what doing these races is all about for me. I think um, what you mentioned in there about even still, like not necessarily loving 
running, but really loving more so like what you get out of it, I think is it's a, it's an important nugget that I, I definitely want to come back to a little bit later. Cause I think that's the foundation for a lot of, for a lot of people who are successful in whatever it is that they do. I feel like that's the foundation right there, right? It's not necessarily the end goal of, like you said, having completed the marathon or completed, you know, whatever run you were doing, or I just ran 10 miles. I feel great about that. It's more so the process itself that you fell in love with. So we'll definitely come back to that. Um, but let's chop it up about this specific one. You said that you ran it down in the Florida Keys about a week and a half ago. It's May 31st. So that was, well, like May 15th, May 16th. It is, I know from, I was about to, I was about to act like you didn't already tell me about it, but I, I know that it was hot down there. So I know that the conditions are tough. Um, dive into what this uh, marathon was like and um, maybe some similarities and some differences between previous marathons and what sort of challenges that you um, faced in this one that you maybe haven't faced before, some um, some challenges that arose that you had to work your way through um, throughout this particular one. Yeah, so one thing that I learned right off the bat is that each race whether you're doing a 50 miler, you know, in, in cold weather and warm weather, each race is going to present very specific challenges and it's going to provide a very unique experience. And this one was unique in the sense that I got to run with one of my best friends who I've grown up with uh, in Florida, have known each other um, since middle school. And he's recently gotten into running. And so this is my first experience of doing one of these races alongside somebody. And with 50 milers or with like the ultra distance, you know, if you're paired with somebody who is of similar skill set, you can kind of stick with each other throughout uh, the entire race versus, you know, a marathon. You're, you're kind of racing your race um, and, you know, you, you're, you probably won't be paced um perfectly with whoever it is you're running with but that that alone made this a very unique experience and i really liked it but as far as the race conditions were concerned it was by far the most difficult conditions i've ever raced in or ever really ran in uh just because of the humidity so down in the florida keys there's absolutely no tree cover um it's basically just a strip of many islands that shoots down and we started in uh, Marathon Key and finished in Key West. Uh, so just 50 miles, uh, and it's one road that just takes you all the way down. And the heat, I mean, it was just, it, it was blissing. It was like nothing else I'd ever ran through or experienced. And that was really why I wanted to do the race, because I knew that it would be a challenge. I knew that I had already done the 50 mile distance. So there was no longer that, uh, you know, question in my head of can I complete the distance? But I wanted to sort of level up. And I wanted to see if I could complete the distance under much more difficult conditions. Because the first time when I raced, it was 75 degrees out. Um, and there was, you know, a bit more shade uh, at the course that I was running at. And so it was a great introductory to ultra running, but I knew that this would be much more difficult because as you uh, as conditions get hotter, the real problem is you're losing a lot of sweat. And the more you sweat, the more you have to be on point with your nutrition and taking in electrolytes and salt and water. Whereas 
if you're not really sweating, you can get away with a little bit more. Uh, but this was a real test of endurance. And right off the bat, I remember mile one, I took off from the start line and I just looked down at myself and I was sweating profusely. And I was like, oh my God, like this is going to be a grind. Like you step out of the car and you're sweating and the humidity is just, it just feels like it's literally sucking everything out of your body. Um, but yeah, the race, uh, it, it started off well, uh, like any other uh, race typically does. You, you're excited at the beginning, 10, 15 miles in, uh, you're feeling good. Uh, we're laughing and smiling and joking. And it's just kind of one foot in front of the other. So our, our pacing plan was to go out and run the first 13 at a slow, comfortable pace, which ended up being somewhere between like 1030 and 11 minute. And then after that 13 mile mark, we were hitting eight minute walk or excuse me, eight minute run, two minute walk intervals and then stopping uh, at our cruise whenever we saw them which at that point was every like three to, to five miles or so. And so we were moving along and the first 30 miles of a 50 miler is going to be when you're really running. Um, that's when, you know, you're relying on your training, you're relying on your legs, you're relying on your nutrition, making sure that you're taking in, like I mentioned, salt, electrolytes, the whole nine yards. And I was doing a really good job at that. And so come mile 30, um, I was still feeling strong, obviously, you know, depleted. That's that that at the time was about five and a half, six hours of running that I had already done. Um, but I had gotten to that point um, and I was feeling pretty comfortable. And in a 50 miler at around the 33 to 35 uh, mile mark is when you hit a serious wall. And this was no exception. I went uh, into a pretty, pretty deep low uh, starting at, a, at around mile 33. And that's, uh, you know, if you haven't done long distance running, you just to kind of explain, there's a series of lows and highs that come throughout um, a long distance run. So everybody's heard of the runner's high, but on the other side of that is a runner's low. And as a runner, you're really just trying to work through that low in anticipation that another high is going to come. And so as I started to kind of fall into a low, I was just telling myself, just keep moving, keep crushing forward. A high will come. That, that sort of mindset, just a one step at a time. And Ryan put this picture up here. This was uh, when I stopped uh, by my crew. Um, this was later on in the race. But so I start coming into a low at around mile 33 and there from what I remember, there was no real high uh, after that until maybe the last mile uh, when I finally when it finally hit me, like we're going to do this. Um, we're going to finish. But. From 33 to 49 uh, was some of the most difficult running that I've ever done uh, in my life. And just the amount that just had been taken out of my body, just cramps, it, it was it was so difficult. Man, I haven't even uh, I haven't even seen that video. It's pretty crazy. Uh, but as you guys can see there, uh, absolutely no shade. I had the headgear on. 
just doing whatever I could uh, to stay hydrated and uh, cool down at the aid stops. I was doing ice on my back and the whole nine yards, every trick in the book, but nothing was uh, nothing was too effective. But so as the race continues through the late 30s, that's when that's when the race really starts. Um, And that's when it's all about the mental fortitude and having the mental strength to put one foot in front of the other. And you really almost have to go into this delirious state where you're tricking your you're tricking your mind into thinking that you're okay. Because from the outside perspective, anybody that sees someone who has ran that distance to that amount of heat is looking at them and saying, this is some crazy stuff. And you have to tell yourself that you're not even close to finish, that you're ready to go. And you have to like tell your brain, you have to work uh, those tricks in your head in order to be able to continue to move forward. And that's basically um, what I was doing. And that point in the race is exactly why I love ultra running uh, versus you know any other distance. I really love pushing those long distance runs because you do reach that point where it legitimately feels like you cannot take another step. And when you know you still have another 15 miles to go, that is when you learn so much about yourself. So when I hit that point in a race and everything starts to shut down on me and I start feeling bad for myself and there's nothing I want to do more than just go home, sit in the AC, just completely forget about running. I have to tell myself that that's exactly why I signed up for the race. It's for that moment. It's for those last three hours where it hurts so fucking bad. And I feel like I legitimately cannot keep moving. That's when the race starts. And so from, like I said, like 35 on, it was just trying to think about one step at a time. Um, trying to stay locked in, uh, staying in the moment was very important for me because when you think about the finish line, uh, I remember my mom telling me, you know, she was counting down the miles. She's like, you only have 14 left. You only have like 12 left. And I was like, I told her, I was like, you got to stop because that type of thinking is not what I need right now because 14 miles at that point in an ultra is like another five hours of running. I'm like, no, 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 that's not how we're doing this. I was like, we have to stay present right now. We have to think about one step at a time. And, you know, obviously, before you know it, um, you're at the finish line and ended up finishing in 10 hours and 51 minutes. Um, and I took uh, fifth place, number one in uh, age group. It's just crossing the finish line. Man, it, that, that was one of the most uh, absurd feelings. That's a moment I'll never forget, but that's the quick synopsis of uh, of the race and what went down. You talk about the point in the race where you feel physically like you can't continue and maybe you have, you know, 13, 14, 13 miles left. And at that point, it becomes um, entirely mental. And I think that right there is where I want to draw the parallel to what we do every day because uh even before this pod i mean we we actually ironically talked about this today um in the discord right we talked about this today 
how when you're in a situation where you feel like you just literally can't continue and that could be whatever it is. And, you know, earlier today we were talking about it in the context of trading. Um, you know, we have a, a, a member who's been struggling and he, he was saying that, you know, this is, this is really hard. This is, you know, really probably one of the lowest, he's one of the lowest moments that he's had, you know, as a trader so far and, and things just seem so difficult. And Alejandro kind of told that, that part of the story that he just referenced of, you know, how at a certain point, it becomes solely mental. You have to tell yourself that you can, you have, you, you have to keep pushing and you have to keep moving forward. And it really is super applicable to many different parts of your life. And I think in trading this, it's so important, right? Because I think that there's going to be times and this comes in every trader's, um, you know, experience where, you know, you take a series of losses or things just aren't clicking or you're just not seeing the market that the way that you're accustomed to. Um, and it seems like, it seems like the best option at that point is to just quit, right? I've lost X amount of dollars, you know, over the last X amount of trades. <clears throat> this doesn't seem sustainable. It doesn't seem like it can keep going. I put a lot of time into this. I could be spending my money, my time, my effort elsewhere. Um, instead of just, just sitting here losing, right? What's the point of continuing to go on? And I think that at that point, like Alejandro mentioned, you really learn a lot about who you are. You know, was I doing this because it seemed cool, right? Am I trying to impress people um, by saying that I'm a trader? Is that what it is? Is it I genuinely love the markets and I'm going to figure this out? Is it I need to do this for me and my family in terms of like financial future and security. Like what exactly is the reason that you got here? Why did you get into this? And then you figure out if that reason is important enough to you for you to stay, right? I think that's really like, because you can directly compare that to the running where it's like, what's the reason that you're doing the marathon in the first place, right? Alejandro mentioned that at that moment, at the mile 36 or whatever, where he is immediately brought back to why he got there in the first place, right? I do this race so that I can put myself in these situations so that, you know, this specific period of time from that 33 to 50, where it feels like you can't keep going and you have to really dig very deep in your mind to get yourself to keep moving forward. I feel like that is so reminiscent of what you see across many different, I guess, like personal expeditions that people will take. And again, it can be really anything from running to trading to trading baseball cards, whatever it is, right? I, I think it's really um, a period that everybody is going to go through. If you want something bad enough, you're going to come to that crossroads where you do the quick cost benefit in your head of what you've already invested to this, into this financially, physically, emotionally. And if this is the right time to just cut your losses and walk away. Is this the right time to stop running, get in the car, like Alejandro said, sit in the AC? Um, or is this the time to you know, stick it out for another four hours and really push myself and push myself? I think that part of the story is relatable for me to somebody who doesn't run 50-mile races. Even that part of the, of the story is um, relatable, in my opinion. And I think it's relatable for everybody, which is... It's really why I do these ultra runs and why I do this long distance running. And I find that that point where 
I want to quit or where I want to give up or where shit gets really hard, that comes, uh, you know, it's magnified during the race, but it also comes during training runs. And it also comes during periods in my training. I remember there was a period of like three or four weeks where I legitimately did not want to run for whatever reason. I, I, I have no idea why, but I would just look at my shoes and like put it off for as long as possible. And I was going on these runs like so late at night because I knew I still had to get them in, but I just did not want to run. And that's why I do this stuff, because I think that everybody is faced with those situations, whether it's in trading, whether it's in business, whether it's in school, those moments where you're at that low and you don't want to keep going. But, you know, there's really two options. Option number one is to quit. And option number two is to keep going. Both of them are going to blow because, you know, if you quit, you're going to have to live with that for the rest of your life. If you keep going, it's also going to blow because that shit's not easy. So those are the those are the crossroads that we come to extremely often in our life, in our lives. And so what ultra running does is it prepares me for those crossroads, because in business now and in trading, if I know that I've put myself in a situation where mentally I am so fucked and I, I can't even fathom like people who who ultra run will understand and especially you know and i'm hoping to do uh longer distance races uh like 100 milers and all that stuff because i just the amount that i've learned and gotten out of ultra running this far but anybody who's done a 50 mile race even anybody who's done a marathon they know like when you talk about that pain cave and when you talk about that point in the race where you don't want to keep going like that shit can actually ruin you mentally and physically if you let it and to be able to come out from that to come out of the paint cave to come out on the other side and cross that finish line you seriously cross the finish line and you ask yourself what the fuck can i not accomplish like if i just did that if i voluntarily put myself in that situation and i got the job done what can i not accomplish and i think that the problem that people have is that they never put themselves in a position to fail and they're way too comfortable in what they do and day in and day out. All they do is they wake up, they go to their nine to five job, they come home and they do it again. So when shit gets hard in their lives, they're not prepared to attack it because they say, fuck, what is going on? But for me, when I'm met at that crossroads, when I meet the crossroads and shit gets difficult, I know that I've been in that situation. I know I've been in more difficult situations before. And so I think it's extremely important for people to understand that you got to find a way to put yourself in these uncomfortable situations and prove to yourself that you can do it because that's where real confidence comes from. It's from building that resume. You can only lie to yourself for so long. You can only lie to yourself and tell yourself, you know, I'm, you know, so great and, you know, these are the things I do and if I ever am, you know, am put in a certain situation where shit gets really hard and my back's against the wall and I'm going to be able to get out of it. Until you're really in that situation, the only thing you have to lean on are the things you've done in the past. It's your resume, the resume you've built. So putting yourself in those hard situations, giving yourself, going up against the chance that you may legitimately fail and then winning, that to me is super important. And as you mentioned, it translates over perfectly to trading, which is a big, big reason why I love the ultra running because it directly mimics 
a trading career. Hey, Noah, what do moving averages, RSI, and MACD all have in common? They're all lagging indicators from the 70s with weak ability to predict future price action. Exactly. Modern retail traders need modern trading tools. That's why we've partnered with Rocket Scooter, an artificial intelligence and algorithmic charting tool that predicts where high volume will occur before it happens. That's right. Rocket Scooter's 15 unique indicators help visualize in real time where institutional players are interested on almost any stock and gives you a clear-cut game plan for how to take advantage of the underlying mechanics of the market. A platform like that probably costs a ton of money. Right now, they're offering three months of Rocket Scooter Pro for only $35 a month, knocked down from the original price of $179 a month. Take advantage of this monster deal by heading over to the link in the show notes and getting started using Rocket Scooter today. Let me jump in because I, I thought of two quotes. I'm I'm a massive quote guy, as, as you all know. I thought of two quotes while you were um, talking there. One, when you're talking about how when you get to that point in the race where, you know, you only have two options, right? You can either quit or you can keep going and you know that both options are going to suck, right? And that just reminds me of that that um, tweet that you see incessantly on, on finance um, Twitter. It's been regurgitated like a, a billion and a half times, but um, being poor is hard, being successful is hard, choose your heart, right? That type of deal where it's like, either way, you, th- there's no easy outcome, right? And I think that that's, that's kind of what Alejandro's talking about. You have to get to that point because once you get to that point, the option to keep going is actually, I feel like not as hard as you think, right? Because when you, when you already in- invested so much to the point where it's like, I can fail, I can, I can decide to, to, to not continue. I can quit here. And that pain of quitting is going to um, last with me, you know, forever. Or I can continue after, you know, investing everything that I've invested and in, in all the effort that I've put in, and that feeling of success is going to last with me forever, right? It's it's exactly like the um, the Eric Thomas quote, right? Pain is temporary and success lasts forever. That type of deal. If you're going to have something where you know that eventually you're going to get through the pain, right? Whether that's going to take you, like Alejandro said, you get to. 13 miles in the race in an ultra marathon that could mean you know several hours three four hours but you do know that eventually that pain is going to subside eventually you're no longer going to be in pain you're going to stop running at some point you're going to get in the ac at some point you're going to be able to cool off at some point you don't know when but eventually that will happen right so whatever pain that you're in in that moment you know that that's guaranteed to be temporary right it's impossible for that pain to continue. <laughs> the success of, of completing the task uh, will last with you forever, right? And so that's something that's eternal. That's something that's going to continue well after the race is over, right? And so that's why I feel getting yourself to that point of, wow, mentally I'm fucked, like Alejandro <laughs> like described it. Um, <laughs> that's a real quote. I could either, yeah, I could either quit here or I could keep going. Right. I think that once you get to that point, for most people, it makes the choice to keep going easier. You just have to put yourself in that position first. And then, secondly, second quote I thought of is um, confidence is just your reputation with yourself. Right. And so it is literally when you tell yourself, I'm going to do something. As small as I'm going to take out the garbage tonight or as big as I'm going to run a 50-mile race. Confidence is 
the history that you have of doing those things, actually doing the things and executing on the things that you told yourself you were going to do, right? It is very, very easy to tell somebody else, I'm going to do this and then not do it, right? Because at the end of the day, you can come up with excuses. You can, you know, try and if you're a, if you're a, if you're a smooth talker, you can try and smooth talk this person and you know, say, oh, you know, I had X, Y, and Z and I couldn't get it done. And, you know, for this reason, that reason, or the other reason, it just didn't materialize. I got you next time. And hopefully your rapport, your reputation with that person won't be um, soured to a, um, to, a crit- to a critical extent. But with yourself, you can't hide from the things that you said you're going to do. If I told myself that I'm going to take out the garbage later and I didn't, and I know that I have no excuse for not doing. I can't lie to myself internally. I know I can try and make up some bullshit, but deep down, I know I just didn't do it. Right? That's one notch off. If I tell myself I'm going to go run a 50 mile race, and then ultimately I wind up not doing it through no, through literally only my own fault, whether I didn't train hard enough or whether I just wasn't motivated enough. At the end of the day, inside of you, you know that, right? It, it, you can't hide from that, and so. I think that's really important as well when it comes to um, building confidence, like Alejandro said, because I think confidence is such a a critical part of execution. And that's something that I've learned through my trading um, journey is that confidence really does impact how well you can execute, right? It limits the level of hesitation that you have. When the time comes to do whatever you have to do when it comes to trading, that's click buy or click sell. If you don't have confidence in your strategy, it, it, it becomes much more difficult to execute in real time on these ideas, right? And so for me, building that confidence, and like I said, confidence is a reputation with yourself, building that reputation with myself literally is, did I do the work required to be successful this week, this month, this year? If I have a weekend where I don't, every single weekend at the end of the week on a Friday or a Saturday, I'll go back and I'll journal every single trade that I took that week. I then go to the chart. I see where I could have done better. Could I have gotten in at a better place? Could I have exited at a better place? Every week I do this. Every week I also go through the trades that I missed, the trades that I didn't take that I should have taken. Where did the setup occur? What time of day did the setup occur? What day of the week did the setup occur? How can I build a system to catch these going forward? Right? Those are the two things that I do every weekend. If I have a weekend where I have to visit a friend, so I'm out of town, or I'm just partying, I'm out doing whatever. If I don't do those things on Monday, regardless, regardless, I'm not going to be as efficient or effective at my job as I would have been otherwise. And the reason for that is even now after doing this for five years, you might look at it and say, well, what's a weekend off? You've been practicing for five years. A weekend off is not going to kill you. Um, and usually it doesn't, it's not like I come back from a weekend where I didn't, um, do what I was supposed to do and blow up my account. You know, it's not quite that bad, but it is to, on a sense of, I don't feel nearly as confident doing what I'm supposed to, um, do feel nearly as confident in my execution because I know internally I didn't put in the work over the weekend that I should have to be properly prepared. Right. I know that regardless. And so that's something that has, um, really, I've really, really, really been trying to focus on lately is getting those reps in over the weekend and really building that confidence because that's such a crucial part of your 
um, live execution, right? I, 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 having the model on paper is one thing and then having the confidence to execute it every single time that it shows up is another, right? And I, and I think that that is um, a direct crossover from um, trading because you, for, from running rather, because you know, if you show up to that start line, that you know internally whether you put in the work or not, right? You you know this. You can't hide that from yourself. You can't have excuses. You can't say, well, you know, last week I was busy and so I didn't prepare properly. I didn't eat properly the night before because I was doing whatever. If you know these things internally, you're already at a, a disadvantage at that start line before you take one step in this race. And so I think that um, that's a massive part that a lot of traders can learn from whether you run or not is like, look, you're going to know internally whether or not you put in the work. And if you didn't, already already at a disadvantage, right? And so just constantly build that um, reputation with yourself. I know that I've put in the work. And then once you have put in the work, trust that you've put it in, right? Don't be, um, don't second guess it. Don't be hesitant because you did do the work required to be successful. Let the chips fall where they may, but if you did the work, be confident in in the work that you put in. I love that. I love that. And I think building that amount of confidence, as you mentioned, the mindset of, oh, it's only one weekend or, oh, it's only one day. Or in my case, when I'm running, oh, it's only one run or, oh, it's only one you know workout. That is a very slippery slope. And I think in order to be successful, you have to be obsessed with this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to get it done no matter what it takes. For me personally, for better or for worse, I get extreme. When I tell myself I'm going to do something or I have a plan for the day or I have my, my training plan uh, for running, if I don't get my stuff done, I feel very guilty. I feel very, very guilty. And it's a blessing and a curse because I may have 40 plus miles uh, to run on a weekend. And if I only ran 39, I'm going to be pissed off and I'm going to feel like shit about myself. And a lot of people would look at that and say, dude, you're crazy. Like, what's wrong with you? You ran 39 miles. Yes, but I told myself I was going to run 40 and I didn't. And that's the kind of mindset that I believe it takes to be successful in whatever it is that you're doing. You have to have that level of self-accountability because it is so easy to slip up. It's so easy to get drawn into uh, the everyday pleasures, whether you told yourself that you were going to go out, that you were going to go on a diet and you had that one Oreo cookie that you told yourself you weren't going to eat. It's not about the one Oreo cookie. The, the one Oreo cookie is going to do shit. It's about you let your guard down mentally, right? And so that's that's what the biggest thing is for me. You talked about getting to that start line and having the confidence that you can perform the way you want to perform in that race. The only way that comes is if I was on my shit for the previous four months during that training block. If I was if I was putting in every single mile because I was able to look back and I was able to confidently say I did what I needed to do, I prepared, and now it's just, now it's out of my control. I could have uh, DNF'd. I could have dropped out at that race at mile 20 because of some freak accident 
whatever, I could have, I would have been perfectly okay. As long as I didn't quit, obviously, I would have been perfectly okay knowing that, okay, I put in the work. That's all that matters to me. Um, and we started off uh, the podcast, Noah, you had mentioned that we were going to come back to this point. Um, that idea of what do you get out of what it is that you're doing? Um, for me, I mentioned, I really don't love running. I have just found it to be a really good way uh, for me to test my mental strength and to gain mental strength. And that comes through the process of being disciplined in training, uh, being disciplined on runs when I want to stop, but I keep going. Um, and then just obviously during races, just pushing to the point way past uh, what most people would believe to be the point of complete physical and mental exhaustion. Um, and all of that combined has taught me so much about myself. And so when I think about running, it's all of that. For a lot of people, it's like, oh, you love running, like you love going out and moving your feet around for 45 minutes and like you get a good workout, like uh, like fitness. Like, no, it's it, it has very, very little to do with that. It's about the whole process of what it means um, and what it has taught me. And that needs to be applied in whatever it is that you're doing. If it's in trading, it needs to be that you love the process of going in every day, charting, taking your weekends to, to study your shit, knowing that, hey, it might suck now, it might suck tomorrow, it might suck the day after that, but eventually if I stay on this grind, I know I'm going to come out on top. Very similar to when you're at the end uh, of an ultra race. It talked about the two options. One is quit, the other is finish the race. Finishing the race, you know deep down that you can do it, right? Even though your brain is lying to you, even though your body is lying to you, you know deep down that you can do it, but you know it's going to be really fucking hard and you know it's going to suck and you know it's likely to get worse, which is a very, very scary and a, a huge mental obstacle that you have to overcome. In trading, you know that you can become a successful trader. You know that you can do it, but you know you're likely going to lose more money first. And you know that it's likely going to take hours and hours and hours of screen time and hours of grinding, hours of charting. And that is a very, very scary and large mental obstacle. So everything, if you guys notice, everything kind of gets intertwined. But you got to find something. You got to find something that's going to give you the confidence to be successful. You cannot just pull that shit out of your ass. You are not going to wake up and be a confident person. You're not just going to wake up and be a successful trader because you want to. The want to do something is not enough. You have to be obsessed with getting it done and you have to put yourself in situations where you can fail. I don't care if it's physically I don't care if, you know, you, you tell yourself, I'm going to read 10 pages of a book a day. Read fucking 10 pages of a book a day. If you can't do that, if you can't stay on a 10 pages of a book a day regimen, then you're probably not going to be successful in anything hard because that's going to require a much, much stricter level of discipline, right? Maybe it's a diet. Maybe you tell yourself, okay, I'm going to eat a certain way for a couple of weeks or I'm going to eat a certain way for a month. If you can't stick on that diet, then you clearly don't have the mental strength to do uh, to complete a major uh, task in order to be successful. And so that to me is like the major theme and what I really want people uh, to get out of this podcast. It's just about it's just about pushing yourself, guys. And I know that, you know, uh, you know, depending on whether you run or you lift or maybe you don't work out at all or the type of person you are, like 
some people might be listening to this and they're like, dude, you know, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Like, I don't have to run ultra marathons to be successful. Like, that's not what I'm saying at all, right? That is just how I have found that I'm able to better myself as a person and really discover and find out what I'm truly made out of. And that is enough for me. That's enough for me. That's enough for me to where I'm excited to wake up every single day and I feel like I have a really strong purpose in life and I feel a lot of joy just knowing that I'm pushing myself and I'm discovering new things about myself. And that's the way that I have found uh, I can do it. Maybe for you it's uh, you know through music or through art or it's just purely through trading. There are ways to discover what you're capable of, but it has to come with stepping out of your comfort zone and pushing yourself. That's the biggest thing. Like you have to seriously push yourself. Don't when things get tough, do not step back from it. If you have a goal, if you have a passion, if you have something that you really want to do, if it gets hard, why the fuck are you giving up? That is exactly when you should be getting started. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. That's the mile 35 of a 50 mile race. When you want to give up, that's when the race is just starting. That's what you guys have to understand that as soon as it gets tough, if you're listening to this and you've been trading for two years, three years, maybe you've been trading for six months and you're just losing your ass and you can't seem to figure it out. That's when you should be like, time to get going, right? That's when you're just getting started in your journey. No, I love, I love that mindset, right? I, I think having a mile 33 mindset from the jump is important. Just keeping that. <laughs> it's funny because we've been saying, we've been saying like a different mile every time. <laughs> we'll coin it the mile. We'll call it the mile 35 mindset. We'll stick with that. This episode is brought to you by Elite Trader Funding. ETF is a prop trading firm. For those of you who are unaware of what a prop trading firm is, they basically provide you with capital to trade with, and your only risk is the monthly subscription fee. How it works is once you pass an evaluation account, you then become eligible for real money payouts. Now, there are a lot of prop firms out there, but ETF's customer support, the products, and the styles of evaluations they offer are unmatched. I traded and passed a 150K evaluation account, and they were always willing to answer any questions I had along the way. I wish that I had been introduced to them when I first started trading. Thinking back to all the money I lost when I was new to the game, getting the chance to trade a large account while only risking a monthly subscription fee makes too much sense. Not to mention, if you're trying to trade a small-sized account, you can develop some pretty bad habits. Trading a funded account lets you really put your skills to the test by trading more realistic size. Head to the link in the show notes to start your journey as a funded trader today. Having a mile 35 mindset from the, uh, from the jump, I think is super important, right? It's like having that, having that mindset before you even take that first step, before you step off the start line, I think can be massively beneficial. Like I'm about to go to fucking war. Um, you know, I, I, I think I'm going to try and relate this, um, for all those folks out there who don't run ultra uh, marathon, look, I tried my best. I tried my best. <laughs> no, no, you did it. You did a great job. You did a great job. Um, but I think, like you said, if you're if you're not somebody who enjoys that type of, if that's not your vehicle that you use to, you know, strengthen your mental, then it may not fully click. So let me um, let me take it in a different direction. So for me, that what I don't know if this is a good comparison, but 
what Alejandro is describing for me is literally trading. Like that's what trading is to me. Um, and so when I started trading, I started trading about, I guess, five to six years ago now. I don't even know if it's six. I think this is year five. It'll be six after this year completes. Um, when I started trading, I was losing all the time. And I'm not somebody who was used to losing, right? I'm not like a perfectionist, don't get me wrong. Um, but usually anything that I sort of put my mind to, I could do, right? I, could, I, I would succeed at it. And trading was the first time that I was losing and not just like one-off losses, but like losing constantly, losing all the time. And for me, mentally, that was really difficult. And I felt like at a certain point, like when I started, it was like, okay, well, you're going to lose for a little bit and then you're going to figure it out and you're going to have a Lamborghini and you're going to live in a mansion and it's going to be fun. Um, and then after like year one, I was all right, well, it's taking a little bit longer than I expected, but you know, I'm still early. I still have time and I, I still think that um I can do it. And after year two, it was like, well, you know, this isn't working out still and I'm not really sure, you know. I don't really see the light at the end of the tunnel, I guess. And then in year three, that's really where for me it became like, all right, what are we doing here? Like, is like, is this even something that you want to keep doing? Like I, I had grown to the point where I was so frustrated with both myself and the market. I was frustrated with myself for not being able to succeed at this, right? Like I, I was, I was applying what I thought at the time was everything I had and I couldn't, I couldn't get the job done. And I was frustrated with the market. Cause it's like, just, just give me what I want. Just deliver, deliver what I want for me. Um, and that, I, I would say that year three for me was probably the, 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 the low point in my trading where I, it really, and when you get to that point, it starts to affect your life outside of trading, right? It starts to give you just like a like a a somber view on life. It starts to darken like your worldview almost. It it consumes you, especially if you're somebody who, like Alejandro said, becomes obsessed with the things that you um, are trying to achieve, obsessed with reaching your goals. And I just remember at that time, um, around that time as well, I was in. Um, a couple of years, I would say probably like a year before this, um, before the I hit the bottom in my in my sort of trading career, I had went to um, I'd went to visit a hedge fund manager on Wall Street that um, my uncle works on um, Wall Street. He works at um, at an investment bank, and he had a buddy that he had met in college who wound up being really successful. Went to go, you know, run a hedge fund, and I had just. Um, left Penn State my freshman year. I got a 2.1 GPA. My dad was paying for my college, and he was like, "You know, if you're um, if you're going to get a 2.1 GPA, I'm not going to pay for your college. You can pay for your own college." I didn't have the money to pay for my own college; it was 50 grand a year. So I went back home and I went to community college. And while I was in that period, um, which was obviously very difficult, as you can imagine, um, my uncle reached out to me and he was like, "You know, why don't you come for a visit? You want to work on Wall Street? Why don't you come and?" Uh, you know, see what I do every day. And so I went to visit him. And while I was there, he said, why don't you come, why don't you uh, go for lunch, visit one of my uh, buddies who runs a hedge fund, you know, his office is a couple of blocks over. So I walk over to this guy's office, um, <laughs> go into the lobby. 
He said, um, tell them, you know, that you're here for me and they'll send you up. They put me in this elevator. I go to the top floor of this uh, Manhattan skyscraper and they put me in this room. It was, I, I literally remember this like it was yesterday. They put me in this room with floor to ceiling glass windows, almost like a 180 view of um, downtown Manhattan. Anybody who lives in New York and has been, you know, um, up that high, you know, you know, the, the view is just absolutely stunning. And I'm sitting in this room at this like long wood table. It literally looked like they had chopped down a tree and basically just like cut out a section like let like a like height wise down the middle and put legs on it and put it in a room. It was like 30 feet long, had like 20 chairs. It was absurd. I'm sitting at this, uh, this table in this room and the guy comes in and, uh, he was like, Hey, you know, you met me, you met me. He was like, you know, how, how, how are you doing? What's going on? Um, I hear you're having a rough go of things. And I sort of told him the whole story about how, you know, I went to Penn state with the hopes of getting a finance degree and I couldn't, um, you know, I couldn't get it done. I, I, I lost my mental focus somewhere, um, in my freshman year and things really just started to go downhill. And, um, you know, it, it, I told him how much of a struggle it had been, um, you know, over the past 12 months, basically. And, uh, he sat there and he listened intently and he, um, listened actively, was asking me questions, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and when I finished my story, he, sat there, you know, for a little bit, shaking his head, probably for about 30 seconds. And then he said, would you say that this is rock bottom for you? And I said, yeah, I was like, you know, I, I had a goal to do something and I couldn't get it done. And I don't know why. And, um, I feel like I failed. I feel like I failed my own expectations. I feel like I failed my parents' expectations. I just feel like I, I feel like I failed. So yeah, this is rock bottom for me. And, uh, he said, okay, I got it. Um, and then he told me his story. He's uh, from the inner city of Philadelphia, um, you know, grew up in a really rough neighborhood. And uh, he said, every single person that I grew up with in my neighborhood is either dead or in jail today. That's, that's basically what my childhood was like. Every single close friend that I had is either dead orange yeah this guy's like maybe 32 and he said i am sitting at the top of a skyscraper in manhattan managing hundreds of millions of dollars and that's where i came from and the whole point of his you know whole story was rock this is rock bottom for you like you have to imagine there are so many other folks who would literally kill to be in your position, in your rock bottom, right? Whatever rock bottom looks like for you, there are, there are people who would give up everything to swap places with you and, and take your rock bottom. And so that is a experience that I'll never forget because it, it taught me that no matter how rough things get, you will always, you will always in life get exactly what you not always deserve, but exactly what you need. And I think at the time I didn't realize that struggling at trading and really struggling in school and not being able to achieve the goals that I had set for myself was exactly what I had needed. I needed to taste some 
high level of failure. And I think that trading, both trading and that experience that I had with my education, um, ultimately gave me that experience. It gave me that experience in failure to the point where today I feel like I'm not nearly as afraid to fail as I was when um, I was going through this. I feel like when I was going through this, failure for me was rock bottom. Failure was the worst possible outcome, right? And I think that having made it through to the other side um, of the of the situation that I was in, having become a significantly better trader, having finished college, graduated with a, with a bachelor's and a master's degree, um, having come out on the other side, I've realized that failure is not like the worst thing that can happen to you at all. The worst thing that can happen to you is giving up. And I think that the that small message that he delivered so um, poignantly in this 20-minute meeting that we met with and just the setting that I was in and where I was at in my life, that is just something that I will literally carry with me forever. And if you you know as traders we know this if you're afraid to fail you're you're fucked you're fucked because no system wins all the time you're going to fail in trading it's inevitable it's impossible to avoid actually and so the people who try to avoid failure in trading they get fucked for lack of a better word <laughs> like that that's what happens you you have to embrace failure you have to embrace not succeeding because ultimately, like Alejandro mentioned, and I'll draw it back to the marathon, that constant keep going, that constant one foot in front of the other, that constant, I don't care what happens, I'm not going to give up, is the mindset that you need if you're going to accomplish anything in life. And I think that a lot of times you have to go through failure to ultimately understand that and internalize that to the point where it makes you a disciplined person, right? Like if you've never, if you've never failed in your life, it's hard to be disciplined because what is, what does that even mean? What does that even look like? Right? Like I can just continue to be successful. I, I can just continue to, 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 I've never lost. Right. So I, I, I don't have to put in the work because I'm there, I'm just that good. I'm either lucky or I'm that talented at whatever it is that I'm doing. I've never lost. You have to go through that failure to say, okay, well, I failed. How can I how can I create a system to ultimately get myself to where I want? And in that process, in between that failure that building that system and then ultimately coming out on the other side, whatever the outcome is, right? I'm not even necessarily saying that you have to succeed, but just that process of going through the failure, sitting with yourself in the failure and saying, okay, I'm going to come out of this somehow. And then coming out of it, I think is a, is literally a skill that you have to develop like a muscle, like, or else you're not going to have the mental fortitude to keep going when you get punched in the face. Like, and in running a marathon, getting punched in the face is hitting mile 35. <laughs> like in trading, getting punched in the face is where this fellow that we described before currently is taking X amount of losses over the last X amount of months, removing 
or, or losing all of the progress that you had in terms of your account growth, like that's getting punched in the face. And how are you going to come back from that if, if you don't have experience in failure, right? And so I think that to, to end my long story here, I think that failure is such a necessary part of life that a lot of us want to run from because we think that it's an indictment on our character or or on our intelligence, or at least that's what I believed at one point. And I think failure is something that you have to actively seek out or else you won't know, you won't know what you're capable of if you never fail. Yeah. I mean, you sharing that story and you sharing your mindset on failure, I think is why you and I have been able to do, um, what we've been able to do thus far in our trading and with King Cap and with the podcast, obviously with uh, with Ryan, who I know shares a similar mindset as well. And it all just kind of makes sense to me because <clears throat> I look at my situation and, you know, we're 24 years old uh, and we're entrepreneurs and, um, you know, neither of us come from you know, extremely wealthy families, like we, we're really out here, like doing this uh, on our own. And it is very difficult. And we took a giant leap of faith, um, not just going into uh, a corporate job. Uh, You know, you obviously with your uh, degrees and what you studied, like you could go and you could work at a bank or you could do whatever, but you decided to do this, uh, to put yourself in a position where you could fail. Uh, I had a, you know, a great job as an engineer, but I left that and I put myself in a position where I could fail and it's very real. Um, But what I've learned is that through putting myself uh, in this type of situation where nobody's coming to save me, like this is really it, like it's whatever I get out of it is going to be a direct result of what I put in. It has taught me so much. And I really encourage people to take uh, that type of leap, you know, whether it's doing something that you're passionate about that you never pursued, or whether it's, you know, shooting for a crazy goal, like, like running a marathon, those type of situations, like, if you can, you don't necessarily even have to fail. But if you can put yourself in a situation where the failure becomes so real, where, you know, you you have no choice but to really see what you're made of like that's when that's where i think you can find true joy and as crazy as it sounds like through the ups and downs that we've had in business and in trading like some of those low points are my favorite they're my favorite where i think for most people they would shy away from those moments those moments to me are times when I'm testing like what I have, like I'm, I'm grateful for it. I'm oddly grateful for it. Like if I'm in a, if I'm in a stretch where, you know, I, I have a, a, a red streak or, you know, I didn't make enough money for the month and, you know, shit becomes real. Like I look at those situations and yes, it sucks. And obviously I want to come out on the other side of that, but I'm also extremely blessed to have even had the chance to do that. And a lot of times it sucks. It sucks. And there are times where I'm like, geez, like what would my life look like if I was like 
just working a normal job and I was making a hundred K a year. And uh, you know, would I, would I be less stressed? Like then if I were a trader or would I be less stressed if I was an entrepreneur and you know, would I like, would I have some of these worries, but then I remember how blessed and how grateful I am to even be in this position where I can build something on my own. And I'm just so proud of myself for having taken the leap to do something at such a young age where most people would never do that. And the last thing I'll say here, um, Hicks and Gracie, he's a uh, jujitsu black belt. The Gracie family, absolutely legendary. Um, if you haven't heard of them, I would look them up, listen to them uh, on podcasts. Extremely smart. They um, they they really uh, helped to grow jujitsu. They're a family out of Brazil, uh, and Hicks and Gracie. So I listened to him on a podcast. And he said that if you would have asked him uh, what the opposite of courage is when he was younger, he would have said uh, cowardice. So being a coward. But now if you were to ask him what the opposite of courage is, he would say it is conformity. And that really, really stuck with me. Uh, The reason being, it is extremely easy to conform and to be complacent and to go with the flow and to just take the easy route and do things that are guaranteed, where you'll find guaranteed success, never really pushing your limits. But that is being a coward. And real courage is having the balls and the stones to take the leap and to do something special. And I think that that's what we're doing. And that's a message that I would like all people uh, to hear and hopefully take something out of that but that's going to do it for this episode awesome episode here noah um this was good i'm glad that we uh we took the break from doing interviews and i think that hopefully people are going to enjoy the stuff that we talked about on this one yeah man maripods like i said at the beginning are always some of my favorite um pods uh just because of how relatable they are to not even just trading but you know so many other aspects of life and um yeah i think that Anybody who actively has a goal that they're trying to reach um, is going to enjoy this one. The last thing that I'll say is um, to your point about, you know, sort of taking a leap of faith and being in those, uh, those, those, those troughs, right? You have peaks and you have troughs every time that you, um, you know, embark on a journey. And if you're embarking on a trading journey, you know all too well the peaks and the troughs. And a lot of times there's, there's more troughs than peaks. I've found myself recently becoming so much more comfortable in those moments, like Alejandro said, where things get really difficult and the future doesn't look super clear and you don't exactly know how things are going to play out. I've used to found that those moments and those uh, troughs used to give me so much anxiety. And I truly today... I view them so much differently because I, 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 I agree with Alejandro in a, in, a, in a sense where it's like, those are almost my favorite moments because every time I'm in one of those moments, I could not be more confident that I'm going to get out of this what I need. Not necessarily always what you want, um, but I know that whatever it is that I need, whatever it is that I'm searching for by embarking on this trading journey by starting King Capital, by starting this trading camp podcast, by keeping up with um, market current events, by doing the 
beat the bell morning show three times a week. Um, I know that whatever it is that I'm searching for in my soul to get out of that, I'm going to get out of it. I'm going to get out of it what I need, not necessarily what I want. I may not be a multimillionaire driving Lamborghinis, drinking Margs on the beach, you know, every day by the time I'm 30, but I am going to get what I need out of it. And I've, I've never been more confident in that in my life. Um, and I think that, again, that just comes through putting yourself through failure over and over and over again, and you eventually become comfortable with it. And that's when you become a scary motherfucker is when you become all right with, with failing. That's when, that's when you can really start to get to work. And um, I implore all of you to, to constantly seek that out because there's no better feeling of invincibility in the world, truthfully. Better not bet against TCP, motherfuckers. We're coming for you. All right. Great episode, bro. And a great way to close it there. I'll see you next week for episode 77. Yep. See you guys next week. Have a good one. Our content is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. It is very important to do your own analysis before making any investment based on your own personal circumstances. You should take independent financial advice from a professional in connection with or independently research and verify any information that you find in our podcast and wish to rely upon, whether for the purpose of making an investment decision or otherwise.